bathrooms, one bathroom. Oh, I see. So one and a half baths. Really. No, it doesn't. It's a, they're, they're just counting it as one bathroom. It says one bathroom. But then it also says full bathroom. Yeah, but that's just, that's just a, a, a weird accounting of saying. Oh, like, okay. One of the... How many full bathrooms are there with the one bathroom? One. Right. Oh, I see. I see, right. I see, I see. One bathroom, of which one of them is a full bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank God. Yeah. No, just a half bath. <laughs> yeah, but I'll just see. Fourth bath for you. of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit with a troubled movie and a, and a hopefully not less troubled drink, uh, <laughs> chat about it, discuss uh, why it's a shit and why we're so smart and we could fix it all. That's right. Uh, I'm your host for this week's mini episode, Lee Delahanty. Uh, I'm Chris Ravel. And I'm Brendan Drischler. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are uh, here to announce our next movie and then have a little chit chat. A little chit um, chat. Pretty low rent one today. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in two weeks, we will be doing uh, the year of the movie I don't have. 94, but I have. 1994. Yeah. I Love Trouble, starring I Nick Nolte trouble. and Julie. Yeah? I Love Trouble. Oh, I Love Trouble. What <laughs> 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 a reference. Oh, <laughs> deep cut. A, a, a callback to our. I always get our, The early days of our quarantine. Of our fatal instinct yeah. episode. Uh, but yeah, starring Nick Nolte, Julia Roberts, yep. of all people. The pairing that we never knew we wanted and indeed did not want. Yeah, I didn't know we wanted it, and then we realized we really didn't Yes, want. we were right I, to not want that. Am I the only person of the three of us who hasn't seen it? I've never seen this movie. You've never seen it, yeah, but Lee has. I have seen it, and I recommended it based on my viewing of it probably ten plus years ago at this point, and I'm excited to see it again. This feels uh, for me a little bit like it could be the spiritual sequel to V.I. Warshawski, not so much <laughs> in the content per yeah. se, but like, first of all, it's a movie that you saw a long time ago, have vague recollections. <laughs> On, and we're watching it on that. Also, you've got like it's a '90s movie. There is some yeah. sort of element of like intrigue and espionage. It seems it like does in this. Seem like a, is it a thriller? It's according is to what you do, it's a rom-com slash crime. It's film, meant to. It's meant to feel like a sort of Hitchcockian okay. yarn, like the older ones, where it's like a guy and a girl running away from yeah, the, yeah the vast conspiracy and with yeah. like yeah, while solving a mystery. Yeah, I see. That's great. You know, I love those movies. I am. I am excited to get into that. Um, I'm j- I am also just excited to see how this pairing of Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte goes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of, like, the sun setting of Nick Nolte looking attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it's the swan song of him being nice-looking. Wow, guy. Eugene Levy's in this, too? Again? Wow. Eugene Levy? Eugene Levy, uh, why watch? Yeah, why watch? Uh, Quickly ascending the why watch. Yeah. Yeah. Olympia Dukakis. Wow, there's a lot of people in this. Yeah, I know, Nora Dunn, shit. I love yeah. Nora Dunn. I know, this is a good cast, guys. <laughs> what a shame. So, it's, yeah, be sure yeah. to come back at us. Will we love uh, I Love Trouble? We'll find out. It. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just a flat down. Our new uh, podcast, I Hate I Love Trouble. Brenda, <laughs> what will we be drinking to get through this? Uh, so, to get through I Love Trouble, we will be drinking A Failure of Chemistry. The Failure of Chemistry, uh, it's going to basically kind of be a honey lemonade cocktail. Mm-hmm. You're going to start off with half a cup. So, this... The actual uh, drink part makes one drink. The syrup that I'm going to talk about should make enough for all of us. But uh, it's going to be half a cup of honey, half a cup of water, quarter cup of lemonade, one shot of whiskey, 
quarter cup of sodi water and a couple of leaves and stems of mint and lavender and then some nice little lemon garnish. Basically what you're going to do is you're going to make a honey syrup. Uh, you're going to start by throwing the honey and the water into a saucepan, bring it to boil, reduce the heat. When you reduce the heat, throw in a little bit of the mint and a little bit of the lavender. So it's going to permeate that, make it have a nice sort of minty lavender taste, lend itself to that uh, simple syrup. Uh, whenever it's reduced by half, you let it cool. Fill a short glass with ice, add the shot of whiskey, add the lemonade, soda, and one teaspoon of the simple syrup. And then you can also add some um, of the herbs and the lemon to garnish it. I think I might want to muddle a little bit of lime, or a little bit of mint, I mean, sorry, into mm -hmm. mine as well. Mm -hmm. I think that might uh, give it a nice flavor. I so think that's a great idea. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do. It's going to be a nice, cool, summery drink because we are starting to get into that time where it's hot out again. Mm -hmm. I'm also excited by that simple syrup. I just feel like it, I feel like you could put that in a gin drink in a second. And yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it'll be good to have on hand, I think. Oh, yeah. I'll use that up. <laughs> I'm excited for uh, summer drinks. Yeah. I am, too. Yeah, Me I'm too. also excited for our summer of rom-coms. What's <laughs> coming up for oh, everyone? Oh, that's Can right. we just have a different Mari every month for the yeah. rom-coms that we do? A different one? Mar 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 Yes! <laughs> yeah, sure. Wait, fine, oh, fine by me. Mars. Mars. What did you say? Mars all summer. Mars. Yeah. Summer of Mars and Rome comes. Yeah, fuck it. I'm committed to that. We'll yeah. do it. I mean. That is fine by me. I will say, was my. Uh, when one of my cousins got married, they had. The only two big things they had at their wedding was a margarita bar and a fajita bar. And I was like, that's great. That's genius. all you need. <laughs> that's all you need. Genius. Yeah. So I feel like we're, we're channeling that with rom coms and Mars. All right, well. Anyway. That's summer of Rome summer of Margs coming yeah. up. Uh, Get ready for what it. What a great idea. Treating the warmer weathers with a nice cold drink. Yep. Sounds beautiful. Um, I we, we don't have a lot today. I don't have a lot today. No. Um, but... We have a discussion topic. Uh, our, our basically, like, our sort of low-rent topic that we come up with that when nobody has any good ideas of what to talk about was kind of the old standby of, like, yeah, you see, you see anything good lately? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we were talking about doing that, and then it kind of occurred to us that we're... Over a year into the sort of like quarantine now, or mm -hmm. hopefully maybe something to come out of it in a few months. Who knows? <sighs> yeah, oh this always returning. <laughs> Every time I think that to myself, I always think about how so many podcasts back in 2016 were like, and of course, like Hillary is like already won the election <laughs> at this point. So we're just like, oh, oh my I god. Know. So like, I'm sort of thinking yeah. like, do I want to tempt fate by saying in a few months we'll be fine? Yeah, let's tempt fate. In a few months we'll be back to normal. Let's just like, yeah, yeah, just like tell everyone you know to fucking get the shot so we can get herd immunity. Yep, that's right. We're at that point actually. We're all vaxxed now. Yeah. Thank God. So. so, you know, it will be a little bit more normal now, but we've been a year into it, and uh -huh. I think all of us in, in different ways have sort of developed certain uh, hobbit, hobbits? Yep. Habits hobbits? Habits and hobbies. I do this so I did create times. a Yeah, I created a hobbit in the lab, actually. I make words. You portmanteau it together. I portmanteau yeah. Like, it always becomes a new word. I don't know how my brain does it. Like, it's never it's a nonsense thing. It's clever, Yeah, habit. Oh, my God. I said hobbies. Hobbies and habits <laughs> of watching things. To help get us through the quarantine, yeah. is what I was trying to say. Um, and so, in addition to sort of like, or as part of talking about like, you know, what have you seen recently, or who knows, a year ago that you liked, uh, <laughs> I thought it'd kind of be good to talk about like, you know, you know, we do, we've done viewing habits and watching habits yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, I guess sort of like a quarantine-themed, like, 
You know, how did you interact with media? Right, yeah. Gravitate towards what you do during this fucking year and a half of hell. I mean, I think it's not a hot take to be like, my media consumption habits change, but they truly did. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have to, right? Like, what else? Like, you can't go anywhere, so, like, what are you going to do? You know, we all have a mutual friend of the podcast and friend, Faith, who Mm -hmm. uh, is kind of my go to example for, like, using media as a sort of, like, coping mechanism Mm -hmm. mechanism where. Um, she had a very, like, she developed this sort of, like, uh, strict rules-based movie regimen that that she said, like, helped give her structure and something Mm -hmm. to do and think about, and also got her seeing a bunch of movies that, like, every night is, like, a theme, so she had to find a movie for that theme, and, like, she's, like, seen, like, a movie for every day during this quarter. Yeah, and I think that's great, honestly. Me too. And yeah, and I, I I've like sort of loosely followed it and been like just occasionally be like because I, I, I it, it feels like something that I used to do like when I was a kid and I was going to massive video and mm-hmm. there was like the the rent one get one free VHS tapes and I would just like look at a cover and be like sure I'll fucking have a go at it that's how I saw I love trouble <laughs> almost definitely that is how I saw it I mean that is I feel like honestly that is something that I miss out on in. The, the heady days of streaming that we're in yeah, now. Yeah. So there is just something I'm so, so tactile about going to a video store and just yes. like lifting up things and looking at the covers. Like, and just like looking, like catching a cover out of the corner of your eye and being like, oh, that's a strange like cover. Yeah. What does this cover mean? Especially because now um, for streaming services, a lot of like the art that they use mm-hmm. is so simplistic. We're mm-hmm. literally just like a head, you know? It's yeah. a head on a background because you want them to be like, oh, Brad Pitt's in this movie. Right. Look at Brad Pitt. Whereas like with a VHS tape, you were getting something a little bit more, maybe it was the movie poster, maybe it was still something shitty that they slapped together after the fact or maybe it was just the celebrity but you at least had the option of like some variety there you know did, yeah. um, did either of you watch the documentary about Blockbuster that came out pretty recently no I, I want to at some point it's very good I enjoyed it a lot um, I watched it because <laughs> Paul used to work there and still that's like a place close to his uh-huh. heart um, but they made they based uh, it, it's not like a spoiler really for a documentary about a thing you already know about but like they make a point that like Blockbuster also sort of facilitated a communal space that mm-hmm. does just simply does not exist anymore, and there really is no intersection of interests. Everyone is in their own their own spe- like specific pod, mm-hmm. and it just sort of questioned what is lost when you don't have that kind of communal space to go. And they they also bring forth the idea that video stores should be more like libraries than they mm-hmm. are like. Yeah. A, a commercial venture mm-hmm. just because they are a form of art and media and we do that's that should be treated on the same level as books yeah and you know there is like the section at the bpl right which is that like how is that but it's a bit it feels a bit different yeah i mean it's also like it, the bpl is laid out where it's just like trays where you have to flip through dvds yeah. mm-hmm. whereas opposed to like in a video store it's a little bit more you'll have forward facing or side facing yeah. so you can just like look at the spines or at the bpl like it's almost sort of daunting sometimes you're gonna be like oh i don't want to flip through all this shit yeah it, it feels decidedly second rate yeah a lot of yeah. times <laughs> but like it yeah but I kind of like I I when I was when it, when it comes to like Faith's movie thing I was like damn like I can't imagine doing that at this age like I don't know what happened like I don't think it's for me at all about the streaming thing mm-hmm. versus like going to a video store but like I feel like I'm just much more reluctant to start to like embark on a movie that I know very little about these mm-hmm. days than I was when I was a kid and I was like for sure I like Nick Nolte. Yeah. I watched like I watched so many movies that like 
I may not ever want to watch again, and that I would probably look back on it and be like, that was a shit movie. I mean, but I fucking watched them. Do you think part of it is like back then you didn't have the means to find out more about these movies? So probably, the you but I did go. IMDb existed at That's that true. time, yeah, and true. I would go home because you know what I would do in in tandem with like going to the video store is I would latch on to actors mm-hmm. and then I would find out like what are the other movies that this actor's done and mm-hmm. then I would like like hunt them down and so that's how I watched like Onyegin which is I got into a Ray Fiennes kick and Spider <laughs> Spider and Onyegin are two Ray Fiennes movies you mentioned like, Spider I times. do not recommend you see maybe maybe you like them but um they want, <laughs> Spider is a David Cronenberg movie no thank you um, not it's idea. not like body horror in this case but it is like a weird thriller where he's like sort of schizophrenic and he's obsessed with spiders a bit and mm. he like turns his he puts all these like strings up in his house it's kind of like a psychological thriller I don't like it it's like he sort of gets out of a sort of care home <clears throat> and is in a house and I think it ends with him killing someone it's like him slowly <clears throat> unraveling and going nuts um, and he's obsessed with spiders for some reason. And Yegan is like a, a period piece ad- adaptation, I think, of some Russian story where he's, hmm. it's like this Russian asshole noble who like spurns a woman and then years later decides he likes her and, <laughs> 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 and he like gets into a duel and gets shot in the end or something. Oh my god, what a tragic end. Spoiler for the end of Onyegin. Uh, <laughs> but they're not, you know, they weren't great and uh-huh. I would never like, I don't think I could recommend them. I don't even think they're worth watching for a podcast. Yeah. There is but there's just... something to be said for just like, Seeing, going for a movie like you know, consuming them and then getting like you know something is is gained out of the experience of watching things you haven't seen. I do think there is something I find at least lately, and I I I do think this was a part of that like that shift, obviously that happened during the pandemic. But I'm like, I the idea of being vulnerable to a a media media viewing experience that I don't like just feels extremely unattractive to me. Mm. Yeah. And I'm just sort of like, I'm, I'm kind of like weighing the, the, the risk here, and the stakes are so fucking low, but I'm treating it like, well, I mean, I'm giving you this attention for an hour yeah. and a half. That seems like a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always, like, talk myself into, like, well, that's why I'm doing this. But yeah, no, I just think for whatever reason, I just can't handle the idea of, like, I don't want to invest the time if I'm not going to like it. Yeah, yeah, I think for me, I've been much more reluctant to watch something unfamiliar during all of this mm-hmm. than I am, or, mm-hmm. like... I, I think with everything else being so fucking awful, you want some level of familiarity. So, like, I would much rather watch something I've watched before mm-hmm. than watch something I haven't seen before and risk not liking it or risk having some sort of weird emotional reaction to it that I can't predict, you know? Yeah. So I, I think most of what I've watched during this has been stuff I've already seen, with, with a few exceptions. But really, I'm just sort of, like, retreating inward and yeah. looking for things that I already know how to emotionally process. I feel like I had a similar feeling on that, where I'm like, I just, I feel like I just don't have the bandwidth to take on an emotional upset. Like, you know what I mean? Coming out of, like, a movie or something. And so I almost feel like not only did I go for the familiar, uh-huh. but I went back to just, like, I'm back. But I, I kind of just went to, like, the most brainless, either brainless shit or documentaries that I, like, half cared about. Yeah. I, like... It was weird. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting, but I want to be able to disengage from it a little bit. It was like, I couldn't get too involved in anything. Yeah. I mostly just didn't want drama, you know? Like, I wanted comedy or action or something, but no drama! No drama! So I kind of, like, went in a different direction, uh, but I did, similar to Faith, a little bit. I wasn't as, like, uh, rigid and rule. I didn't have any, like, rules Mm -hmm. uh, or, like, uh, structure to it. But I did sort of dive into 
like a binge habit during quarantine. Um, and mine ended up being, I don't remember how it started exactly, but I think, you know, I, I, I have these, you know how I already kind of have these habits where like, it's Bollywood time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then I watch Bollywood movie and then right. I'm instantly like, give me eight more Bollywood movies. Right, and, and you dive into it for a couple months and yeah. it's like, you and know, I'm like, done for now. Done with Bollywood yeah. for now. I've done that with other things. I do that with, I do that with like panel shows. I, I've... You're in, you're in the middle of a K-drama kit. Well, yeah, I think that's what I did. So I haven't done, up to a year ago, I hadn't watched K-dramas for a few years. Um, I think the last time, I don't remember when I'm watching, but like I remember the last period I was watching K-dramas, I probably like watched a significant chunk of the ones that I still thought were, like, some of the best, like, Healer. Mm-hmm. And I watched a few other of uh, Jitong Lux dramas and stuff. And you got me into a few of them, too. Yeah. Which was really fun. And I, for whatever reason, um, I think it started, I wrote, I have the spreadsheet, and I don't, I didn't start adding this column until recently, so a lot of these are guesstimations, but, like, I wrote down all the shows that I was watching so that I could remember them, because... Halfway through watching all these shows, I started watching one from 2009 called My Fair Lady, and at about episode, like, 14 out of 16, I suddenly realized that I had seen this show, like, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching it for the second time. Is it, it an adaptation? Me... No, it's oh, like, okay. it's got nothing to do with it, really. Okay. It's about a gigolo who pretends to be a butler for this lady. It's not, it's a thing. It's a 2009 drama, so it's it suffers from a lot of, like, early <laughs> cliches. Um, but I added a column on it uh, that was like when I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't see that column here suddenly, but I did, it does exist. And like, I don't, so I don't remember, but I do think, oh, I remember now. It started with My Whole Love on Netflix. Because Netflix has been doing a lot more K dramas lately. And so that was like part of the decision to go back. I was like, well, they're there. It's much easier to watch <laughs> them than like, you know, these more obscure services. And My Hollow Love was one of those ones that I, I, I you know, there's certain K-dramas, it's the title and the concept that make me go, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> and My Hollow Love was about, like, a fucking, like, uh, holographic AI. Oh my god. It's oh, like, I see. So she H- gets, she gets H-O-L-O, not yeah, H-O-L-O. She gets a pair of, like, magic Google glasses, Google glasses that have, like, the prototype of this AI. So she can only see him through the glasses because he's a hologram. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an AI. Wonderful. But however, it, uh, that one didn't uh, give me the craziness I wanted because the romance ends up being... So the hologram is like modeled after the creator of the AI. And the the real romance ends up being with the creator. Uh-huh. Um, but it's... And the AI is still sort of like... It's not like a sort of iRobot thing where... The, the okay. AI kind of remains like firmly... I am not really... And maybe, like, it's, like, questionable, like, is he sentient? Is he a person? Or is he just a bunch of code? They don't really answer it, but it's not, like... It's not as satisfyingly sci-fi for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was not good, um, that one. And so then I was like, well, let me find a good one. And I remember that there was one called While You Were Sleeping that oh, yeah. was... Uh, that I found because I was like, why is this named after the the Bill Pullman... Uh, <laughs> what's her name? Sandy Bullock. Sandy Bullock movie. And it's got nothing to do with that movie. Uh, and that one I really loved. And so then I then it just suddenly became like a thing that I was doing. And I started writing this sheet where I worked on all the ones I was watching. Uh, and there wasn't really like a, um, a genre limitation. I remember watching one early on uh, while it was still winter because it felt very like thematic and good. That mm-hmm. was called When the Weather is Fine. Um, that was like incredibly like cozy, even though it was very, it was a very sort of melancholy show. There was a lot of like, 
it kind of a lot about like this n- n- sort of small remote northern town and everyone in there was kind of like dealing with a lot of weird personal crazy like the main character the main male character was like this kind of weird like does not open up to people isolationist like <laughs> introvert and that kind of I related pretty hard to that mm-hmm. there was this like crazy background drama about this like older woman who uh, had like a mysterious sort of dark past. She was like a novelist, and she had this like dark past. She was the one I said. Um, yeah, uh, was, she always wore sunglasses. Like she was inside amazing. the house. She was kind of like <laughs> she was a mood. Um, and that one, there was like a lot of dramas that were like that would get me like quite emotional. Like that one was. Uh, I can't remember the other one that was really good. I'm trying to find it. Mystic Pop Up Bar was very. <laughs> <laughs> that a, sounds funny. It's got a crazy name, but it was it was it had a kind of like heartfelt, sentimental quality to it because a lot of Mystic Pop Up Bar was about sort of like resolving grudges, mm-hmm. and so a lot of episodes were like it was kind of like a instead of a monster of the week, it was like an emotional catharsis of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, and it felt re- that was like really cozy. So yeah, I watched a lot of shows. Some of them were ridiculous. The King Eternal Monarch was nuts. Uh, and bad. That was the that, that was, was the, modern, the, the modern al- day monarchy. Alternate dimension Korea. Yeah, there's an alternate oh, Korea yes. that was um, never divided, never had a war, and it was still a monarchy. But like the king was legit, the king. It wasn't like a fake monarchy, and he had like SWAT team horseback soldier sword fighter warriors. Amazing. They had like SWAT swords that would like retract, <laughs> pull them down, like telescoping swords. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> That's amazing. It was silly as hell. I am not a robot, which was the real version of my whole love that I like. It was where that was the iRobot one, where it was a physical robot. Okay. And the romance was with the robot. Um, and that was it. That was, that was it must end. better than you think it would They're be. They're not a robot. It's not a robot. <laughs> it says it right in the title. Yeah, Crash Landing on You. I had to watch that one. That was a big one last year. That was about that was the woman lands in North Korea by accident. Oh yeah, <laughs> haven't we all? It's a sort Oops. of North yeah. South romance. We've all been there. Um, I, I remember being like struck by that, being like, "Is that just something they casually joke about?" But maybe it got Korean. a lot of like <laughs> press, I think, for kind of being not as like there are kind of like rules. I'm, I don't want to speak too like uh, out of or ignorantly <laughs> about it, but I know that there are like a lot of anti-propaganda rules both ways mm. um, about like not saying anything good or bad about your, like. But I, I've heard a lot of like defectors to North Korea have said like this is. Like a pretty like down de- grounded depiction of what it's actually like in North Korea. Okay. Because it doesn't really focus on like how miserable it is. Just like this is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. Like, I just kind of vaguely remember like you know they'd be like blackouts and like the sort of like lady, the hot the hottest wife of the neighborhood who had like the white the husband who was like the highest ranking local dude. So she's kind of like HBIC. <laughs> there was like, the, one of the other women was like in her house like on a treadmill that was powering a generator so that they could still watch TV. That's amazing. And North Korea famously good sense of humor about itself. Right? Oh, tremendous. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. I mean, it wasn't like... It, that's the thing. It had to be very like delicate in how it handled the sort of like resolution of it. Um, but it doesn't end with some sort of like magical like... And then they are able to be together or like they're mm. able to... Like he's able to defect or blah, 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 blah. Huh. It kind of ends with like he... He's a soldier in the beginning, but he was, like, a piano prodigy, so he goes back to doing piano, and, like, she's a fashion, like, mogul. 
and he they can like meet every year in Switzerland because he does like a piano thing in Switzerland and that she as a company like funds or whatever as a charity. Mm-hmm. So like they have like two weeks out of the year that they can like be together uh, because he's allowed out of the country for that. And it was you know it was like it was decent. It was a it was a it was an interesting show. And the, the people in it were evil, not because they were North Korean, but because they were, like, assholes. Cranky. Yeah. They're cranky. 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 Stomach ulcers. But yeah, I watched a lot of good shows. I watched a lot of shows that were, like, not so good. I think I got more picky as I went on. You did take a really fun, extremely short side trip through oh, I did. Uh, gay Taiwanese Because I, I, now I see more of these, like, they're called boys love over there. Of course yes, they are. Um, and I had I, I'd always sort of like I didn't know that they did them live action I know, I know that they did like you know, I know that there's like manga and mm-hmm. there's like anime yeah, we, um, yeah, I didn't realize that they were like producing live action yeah, yeah, we. <laughs> and I just sort of in, I, I assumed once I heard that I've known about it for years for a couple of years and I just assumed like well it's going to be the same sort of like four straight women right like, kind of vaguely exploitative, gross shit that I'm used to already from, like, that. And so I didn't watch it. And so I was like, is the TV show any different? And so I finally decided, like, fine, I'll watch, like, one of the... I'll watch what people think are, like, the best ones. Um, and I, some of the ones that people... That online people think are good, I did not think were good. <laughs> I watched... There's this Thai show called To the Number Gather. Uh, oh boy. That's the one I told you about, where it's yeah. about uh, Tyne and Sarawat, where it's, yeah. like... He is... Tyne is, like, a straight guy yeah. at the start mm-hmm. who, like... Ha- or this is an insane premise to have as a rom-com, but he's being, like, hounded by a gay student who wants to date him. Okay. And his solution to Sold. that... He, like... He's, like... And he, he does, in the episode one, tell him, like, I'm not gay, I'm not interested in you, I don't want to date you, and this guy is, like, borderline... Like, you have a restraining order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but his final solution is to convince the hottest guy in school to pretend to be his boyfriend, to uh, to put off the other gay kid. And he's sort of like, uh, this is like a spoiler for the show, but he unknowingly latches onto the hottest kid in school who turns out to be uh, some gay and has a cr- has had a crush on him for a couple of years. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and so they have... They, is it's he like, a student? Huh? Is he another They're teacher? They're both students. They're both students. Okay. There's another one there was a student, it was a professor. That's where I was getting confused. Yes. Okay. That was a different one. But it's very popular, and I it was my first time watching a Thai TV show, mm-hmm. and it was, I describe it as like, almost felt like Tim and Eric at certain points, <laughs> where it was like, and I just listened to the How Did This Game Made episode for A Talking Cat. Yeah. Where they talk, and this is similar, this is, this is. I was so happy when I saw that come up on the feed. If you've seen A Talking Cat, or if you've listened to the episode, there's a touchstone here. For when they talk about how maddening it was for, like, there just to be this constant undercurrent of, like, wacky, weird music, that is what Together was like, where there's, like, not a moment of silence, and the music is so off-tone half the time, or just bad, yeah, just and not, broad, like, not good for the scene, and big. I didn't I show you that scene where he goes to get it, there's a- Yes! Cat, he goes oh my god! It's literally, and I couldn't even tell you <laughs> tell what, was, what was really happening in the scene. I thought it was but I can a tell you, dream. It was, first of all, it was like a corner store, but every inch of the frame, at least in my memory, is just crammed with something on a shelf, or this, that, and the other. And then, I swear to you, I could not hear words spoken 
about just the soundboard just being smashed because yeah. it was like so the line was all brruh, brruh. it was just like so many little Plus, things like, the, not to mention like the guy that was the playing the cell phone repair guy yeah I'm not sure if he's some sort of like if there's some sort of cultural joke I'm missing if he's a famous comedian in Thailand or if there's like a cultural thing about why he was doing the things he was doing right but he would keep saying like he'd be like can you fix this and he'd be like yes I can fix it and then he would do the sound, and I'm not sure what that was, but he was like, duh, 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 and like, as if, and I don't know how they translated that, I forget. But he would just sort of, like, make weird noises and, like, yell, and, like, he was sort of, like, staring bug eye. And that would be while there is music and additional sound effects. Yeah, and every, everything he's doing on this phone, it's, like, button press. Every button press would be, like, blink, blink, blink. So it is cacophonous. It is so hard to tell what is happening. Yeah. It was so weird. What it, it just like it was like a just a wall of sound. Yeah, in it does that a lot. And it, the songs change like so fast. It'd be like it's like wacky music plays, and then someone says something that sounds like really more serious, and the tone changes, and it's like not even a fade. It's just like boom, cut to <laughs> more serious music, and it's it's like mind boggling. I don't know how people are used to it. They must like need it out. And I, you know, K dramas and other Asian dramas are like not bereft of that kind of broadness yeah. at times and like the use of sound effect cartoony sound effects in real life situations but it was another level in this Thai show to um the the show that uh you you had rewatched it for me to watch it for the first time yeah. of um a, another K-drama called Vincenzo that oh, just I, ended just I was uh, fell in love with it immediately Vincenzo's it was like you've got to watch it it's really good and it is. It's, I mean, and it has fucking everything in it. Like, I don't even know how to... They, the, it's billed as a dark comedy. I find that to be extremely incorrect. But it also has everything in it. Like, there is dark comedy, but there is also, like, legit drama. There's action. There's thrill. Like, fucking everything. It's really good. No, it's funny. It's um, got great action. I like... I, they did a great job of tempering their use yeah. of all of that shit. Like, there was a handful of, like, go-to sounds and stings and motifs... But they were used, like, so judiciously. So, like, occasionally there would be a dog sound to, like, cover up a curse. Yeah. Or to... They, were, like, they did it, like, once or twice. Well, they would do it when... There'd be times where, like, the female lead Chaeyoung is, like, being intimidating. And somebody would, would say, like, but I, we have to... When you try about to say something that she doesn't want them to say. And she would do this, like, sort of snarl at them. And over the snarl, they would have, like, this dog going, like, grrr. But it would be, like... It would be... F- I don't even know how to describe it. Would it be faint enough that you're like, okay, fine. Yeah. It wasn't like... Well, it's a not a s- constant bombardment of it. Right. It would be sparingly. There was another one where, uh, in the background of, like, people just having a chat about what they just learned about their enemy, uh, they had been dressed up as, like, sort of, vic- like, uh, Joseon-era, oh, yeah. like, shamans or whatever, and so she was, like, taking advantage of, like, being in this costume to do, like, this, like, elaborate sort of twirly dance, and it's kind of like, doink, doink, doink. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> It's like subtle in the background. But yeah, it's just like a weird moment. I just thought, if you were a first time computer reader, you'd be like, "Why?" But, well, yeah, but I was also just like, in comparison to where I know it could go, this is great. Yeah, that, that is the kind of thing. That's I, so I know that that level of of difference is like probably like a cultural thing where it's just like a, styl- a stylistic difference in how you do things. But I'm telling you, I thought I was used to that until I watched my first Thai TV show, and then it just and I don't think I could ever watch another one. Anyway, I've gone on about my my drama binge. All right, so I'll go. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, like I was saying earlier on, most of what this has been for me is a return to the familiar. Uh, I 
was trying to think if I had done any sort of major binging thing. Like, I was trying to think. I know Rich at one point was like, do you want to watch all the James Bond movies? And I was like, I would, but I don't think you'd want to watch all the James Bond movies, frankly. I mean, like, I've seen them all, and some of them aren't that great, and almost all of them are a half hour too long, and this is coming from someone who likes those movies. Mm -hmm. So, like, something like that, I think, was a little bit daunting to try and do. Most of what we've done has just been sort of movies that I've seen before and liked that Rich has never seen before. Did you at least watch through that DVD of just credit songs? I wish. Oh, we'd love to have that playing in the background. Whenever we can have a get-together again. We'll do, we'll do a James Bond party for whenever No Time to Die finally comes out in theaters. Let's we'll have that I playing on the loop. a brief pause yeah. and just check in? Yeah. Um, we all like the song Another Way to Die, right? I like yeah. it. I don't, you don't like it. You're the one that don't like it? I, I don't think I'm the one that doesn't like it. I think there's a there's, there's, there's a fair That's the one. um. That's the Jack White and yeah. Alicia, Alicia Keys. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I don't care for it. Okay. There's also, I've told you before, there's like that weird moment in the longer version where there's like a guitar, electric guitar, like being played. It's like, and then she goes like, and it sounds like she's being electrocuted or something. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I listen to it on a regular basis. Yeah. I don't hate it. I just don't think it's a particularly good song. It's now Sigmund Freud. Yeah. I I need to lie down. Anyway, I could, I remember that that was like a song that we talked about as a Yeah, I I don't care for that one. It's not like the worst, you know, Sam Smith is the worst. Um, (laughs) It's yeah, I haven't heard it, but I know yeah, it's, it's pretty shitty. Uh, so, like, there, there were, like, smaller things that we did. Like, uh, a few weeks ago, we watched Alien and Aliens, which he had never seen before. What did he think? He likes them. I love those They're movies. both really good movies. For uh, different reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, one is, you know, sci-fi horror thriller, and the other one is sci-fi action. And yeah. they're very wisely two different movies. I think it's the only way you could do it, and I'm glad to have seen them again. We have not watched Alien Cubed. I don't know that we will. You don't need to. And I will never watch Alien Resurrection ever again. It's so terrible! Like, Alien, Alien Resurrection. What's that, sorry? What about they don't Alien exist. Predator? Don't exist. <laughs> not in my canon. Well, listen. Whoever wins, wins, we lose. We lose. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everyone who saw it already lost. Don't worry. God, it's a shame. That's almost like a good tagline for a movie to have, you know? And then you see they fucking wasted on Alien vs. Predator. It's like, ugh, guys. Why couldn't they have saved that for Godzilla vs. Kong? But But we we wouldn't lose. Yeah, no, we win. Whoever wins, we win. Yeah. Whoever, yeah, they both have I mean, saved Godzilla, I, I talked to Godzilla. He had very good reasons to be angry. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, things like that. Um, we watched both of those movies. We watched, like, Die Hard, just like shit that he had never seen before, which is, like, to be fair, a pretty long list because Rich grew up in a Skinner box, so he never really watched movies growing up, I guess. A Skinner box? Yeah. What's that mean? It's, a, it's like, it's something that B.F. Skinner had suggested you could raise children in that would basically, uh. like, like, a temperature-controlled... Like yeah, yeah. box, you could basically okay. raise baby in, and baby would be okay with it. Like baby would grow up okay. Uh, not a good idea. But anyways, Rich had never watched like that many movies, so there was a lot of things that I got to force on him as uh, things yeah. we hadn't seen before. Um, I, I feel found like that's an ideal relationship. It is. It is right because he's not bringing his own baggage of stuff he wants to watch. Yeah. <laughs> There's no taste to compete with yours. Yes, that too. Like what I want you to watch. That's right. <laughs> I um, I kind of fell into a Star Trek thing for a mm. while, where I rewatched all the movies. Rich watched the uh, Kelvin, the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, Star oh, Trek yes. Beyond with me. Uh, but I watched all of the other ones, no matter how crappy they were. I still watched them all. Ugh, some of them are very crappy. The God Planet Oh, that's the shittiest one. Me, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> Star Trek Five: The Wrath of Shatner is the bit. You know that meme? It wasn't you that made my dog. 
where Riker <laughs> has god powers. Is that I know that episode. Is that an episode? Yeah, that's no, because that movie is like the an original series movie, so it had like uh, you know Shatner, Nimoy, all of them in it. Yeah, I know, but. So that was a Next Generation episode? Yes, that is a Next Generation episode where Q... I think the episode you're referring to is when Q gives him, like, Q powers, basically. So he can do whatever he wants. He makes Wesley into, like, a grown-up Wesley. And Wesley's like, no, I'd rather go through puberty like a real boy. Oh, fuck you, Wesley. He always makes the wrong choice. Yeah. I actually... The other thing that I... So, in, in terms of, like, TV watching, which is really kind of where it was at... I mostly just fell into these sort of, like, late-night binges in terms of things to watch to either, like, help me unwind at the end of the day or sort of sleep or calm down or something, where I would just sort of, like, fall into patterns. Like, Rich and I watched, like, probably every Simpsons episode, season 1 through 10. (laughs) I watched all of The Twilight Zone, which I had never seen entirely in total before. Glad I did it. Uh, Even including the new stuff? No. I've never seen... I've only ever seen the original series of Twilight Zone. I have Mm. no desire, really, to watch... That I think there was an 80s series. I'm a little intrigued by the Jordan Peele stuff. I hear it's hit and miss. Yeah, I've heard that too, but I can't watch it legally, so I'm not going to watch it, you know, because I don't have Paramount Plus. I do hear, I believe there's an Adam Scott episode where he's pretty good at I believe he, that both of those could be true. He's on the riff of the, um, their riff on uh, Terra 2000 feet or whatever it is. It's a little more than that. That'd be a very, that'd be a dangerous height for a plane to. Sure, but I just mean the one where someone sees a monster on the wing. Gremlin. Yes. Yes. It's a Kremlin. Please. I think they actually named it that one. I remember that episode very clearly. I remember the kid who can... He basically has, like, weird TV it's a good powers. Life. Billy Mummy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that one was very disturbing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I got, I got to do stuff like that. I watched so fucking much um, House Hunters Renovation and Guy's Grocery Games on Food Network, because I, I, it's canon that I am a Guy Fieri stan that... <laughs> And I realize this is also not a hot take to say anymore, but we as a nation, we're cruel. Yes, we're too cruel to Guy Fieri, Mm. who uh, is, by all accounts, a pretty good dude. And I appreciate Guy's Grocery Games. I like that he has, like, a rotating gang of his chef friends on to judge. And you know what? It seems like they all like each other's company. So, hey, that's great. If you can create, like... Against the guy. Everything, most of his food makes me want to vomit. Yeah, same. It's all, like, everything is too much. I I have have nothing against him. I just think he's obnoxious. Wow. It sounds like you do have something against him, then. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or anything. I just choose not to interface with that person. Uh, trash can nachos, very good. I believe it. Got to say it. Whenever we can uh, go places again, we can go to that uh, Guy Fieri restaurant that opened up in Boston. <laughs> Rich and I went. It was good. Do they have something that's like not covered in three different types of grease, though? No, it's all, all right. of it. All I of it's three different types of grease. I can't do that anymore. Like my. <laughs> My stomach doesn't treat me well like good when I eat right properly. I'm pretty sure I just got tacos or something. Yeah. So it's fine. Um, and trash can nachos. Yeah, well, the trash can nachos, of course, they're delicious. You have to get those. No, I, I do love nachos. Yeah, and they're great. They're served in, like, a little coffee can, basically, so it's, like, a stack of them. That's and they cool. pull the can up, so it's just, like, layers of nachos and cheese and stuff like that, oh. you know? Which is a really clever way, That's I think, clever. of... Of preparing them so like you know because the problem with nachos obviously is when you have them in a pan it's toppings are all on top everyone mm-hmm. picks through it and then mm-hmm. soon you just have a bunch of hot chips right so the way you have to do it is you have to do it in layers so that way you can have an even disbursement of toppings you, yeah you i mean you would avoid a classic i think you should leave sketch <laughs> that occurs yeah yeah have you ever seen the like sort of christian um uh church group nacho thing where 
It's like you cover the table in like plastic. Yeah. And then what? you put the you just empty. You, you just throw it all on the table, basically. Yeah. And then you just like empty it all on the thing. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awful. Like you're just pouring. It's basically like you're making like a party platter of nachos by just dumping everything on. But the just table. on a like plastic yeah. covered. Yeah. 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 And it's like by no means is anything not bought from the chip aisle. It's right. Exactly. Like nothing is good. So everything is already processed it's, and pre-made. It's like a it's, it's like a jar of cheese sauce. Right. Right. Yeah. Like the jar of the the salsa con queso dumped on top. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's Nothing is heated. Almost like a, almost like a trough? Yeah. Really? Basically, like a yeah, trough pretty much. Nachos, yeah. But at least, a trough at least has the decency to have sides to avoid getting <laughs> mess everywhere. This is a table. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I guess that just sounds so unappealing. It is! <laughs> Very unappealing. Right. And yeah, mostly like I, I got big into Star Trek The Next Generation, just watched so fucking much of that on a loop, which is why I was familiar with the episode we just mentioned mm. of Riker getting cut like powers. <laughs> <laughs> Did you was was any of those um, those comedy cuts that uh, are on YouTube? I can't remember what it's called really, but TNG edits. Yeah, yeah so the TNG. Edits. I rewatched Did you all just, of like, those. Recognize yeah. any episodes? Yeah, no, no. Every, every, when I would watch it, that's why I mentioned it. I wanted yeah. to see the Good Night Sweet Beep one because I saw the episode that they're like pulling footage from of all of them clapping at something. Yeah, what is he actually doing? So it's not it's not Picard. They're watching um, uh, Crusher and some other guy who I can't remember doing uh, Cyrano. I think oh, it is. Oh, that's okay. cute. And like Data is basically just being like, "Why are we all applauding?" Like he, he's not. I think he's not a good actor. He's not using like the method school of acting. Yeah. And like, right, because it's polite. It's polite. Yeah. But like that's like, <laughs> Sesame Street, right? Yeah, they're pulling footage of Patrick Stewart yeah. Sesame Street. Good night, sweet bee. A bee or not a bee. Such a good one. My my favorite is still Data doing like the concerto or whatever. <laughs> Where he's the, the sort of like Vulcan dignitaries are like are yes. entertained by by Dana, yeah, he's like, but instead of whatever's supposed to be playing, it's like he's DJing like a crappy remix to the fucking Bel Air theme. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sark starts crying. He's crying when the Bel Air theme comes in and wipes a tear from his eye. Oh. He's, but he, there's a bit where like he does like a sort of beat drop, and then Riker wakes up like. Yes, clapping yes. and he's like moving just, like, just like awkward like oh yeah. <laughs> oh god if you haven't watched the TNG edits you owe it to yourself oh, watching. I feel like even if you haven't watched Star Trek really you funny. would still enjoy the TNG really edits uh, but yeah that's mostly been it just a lot of like binging TV shows I think because like I said I want something that's sort of familiar to me at this point you know yeah. and I want something that's gonna help me I think relax a little bit after a still stressful day of all of this shit so that's what I'm gonna turn to you know I think in a similar way like I, I also went for familiarity, so like I rewatched Difficult People. And, yeah, I did that too. And Thirty Rock, and uh, I rewatched The Good Place, and I rewatched Parks and Rec. So I, once I kind of burned through the sitcoms that I knew I really loved, I was sort of like, <laughs> I took a very weird left turn into again like documentaries. I'm like medium interested in, so like I watched the Isabel Stewart Gardner documentary, which was not very good, but it was sort of entertaining, or like. I don't know, Netflix has so fucking many of them. Yeah. And I've kind of made some bad choices along the way where I was like, maybe this will be entertaining to kind of watch. And it seems like a lot more than Netflix documentaries are like, wow, look at this horrible murder that the... 
this guy like does to like a woman or a cat or something. But then the framing and the way everything is set up, they're like, but isn't it also just kind of cool? And they're like, oh, he's so clever and good at this. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, what the fuck is this supposed to be about? So, like, a lot of times they seem to go in these weird masturbatory directions of, like... Like, they had a Ted Bundy one I started to watch because I was, like, mildly curious. But it was immediately, like, he was so hot and charming. No woman could resist him. I'm like, what the he fuck was. is this about? He was he really Zac Efron. That's like, uh, Julie and the Brides were talking about, they've been, they keep trading, like, documentaries back and forth that are these, like, horrific, like, I watched one about this, like, uh, Mormon family that got, like, blackmailed into, like, getting their, letting their daughter be abducted by definitely a sex offender multiple times, because otherwise they'd have to, like, let it be known that... Something, something. Yeah. That, well, that, yeah, they're not, like, great Mormons, and it's like, how the fuck, who the fuck is, I can't imagine that being, like, something you would choose to watch... At any time, let alone a time when you right. want something to get away. A time of, like, national pandemic. Right. Yeah. I just can't imagine, like, getting joy from that, you and know? It also just feels ghoulish. Like, yes. I don't know what, like, yeah. maybe it is compelling, but, it does, like, to me, it feels like even if it was compelling, I would feel, like, bad yeah. for I, liking what I saw. Right, yeah, you just feel dirty. Yeah. By and large, I just don't care about true crime, I think. I, I really don't care don't. about it either. I'm Let's, in the same boat. We're going to be, yeah, we're going to be in the same lifeboat in the middle of this ocean of true crime that is the rest it's of the world everywhere. because I, everyone loves true crime I just yeah. think it's such it's especially hackneyed at this point of like oh you like watching murder shows I it's I the one the one documentary that I that I could heartily recommend actually on Netflix is The Keepers and it, it was emotionally devastating but like they did it right in that it was a terrible thing that happened a nun at a kind of locally famous Catholic school in Baltimore uh, turns up dead Mm-hmm. And no one really knows why. And basically, over the years, as they've investigated it, they've found links to... Uh, she seemed to have started to cotton on to the fact that the father and the priests that ran the high school, uh, quite a handful of them were involved in, like, terrible acts of, like, sexual assault and rape uh, with the female students. And... That's when they, they, I thought they made a really interesting choice, which instead of just going in and in and in on, like, how terrible this is and how, like, gross and disgusting, it's really just about the stories of the, like, the survivors and how they connected to one another and, like, created this support network and the, like, activism that they're doing to try to, like, stop this from ever happening again. And I'm like, wow, okay, you're actually, like, you're finding, like, an arc in there. It's Mm -hmm. not just this, like, ghoulish misery porn. And I can find, like... I could. I, I definitely. I don't usually watch documentaries at all, ever, really. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a struggle for me to get them to watch them. But like, you know, I'll sit through some that I'll enjoy, and I. I kind of get. I think the mystery appeal. And I want to say, like, there have been other movies that I've seen this year because my work has like a movie club, mm-hmm. and like every now and then, because I want to have the ability to contribute to deciding what we were going to watch next, <laughs> I will watch movies that I would never really not normally not ever watch because I want to like show that I'm like, yeah, I'll watch other things. Yeah. Um, and I watched this documentary that uh, a coworker had put on there called um, uh, Shirkers um, that I think gives you, I think, what, I'm not sure exactly why people like watching True Crime, but if I'm guessing, they like the sort of compelling, weird mm-hmm. mystery aspect of it. And I think that, like, Shirkers would definitely give you that without the, the dirtiness of, like, the ghoulishness of, like, somebody being brutally murdered in the process. Right. Because Shirkers is, like, this weird, fascinating journey. But, like, it's, it's about, like, basically the... Um, Singapore, well, not really the Singapore film industry. It's about these three women who did want to make a film in Singapore growing up. Um, and how they had this, like, uh, American uh, teacher who sort of got them all... 
they were already into film and then they met this teacher who was also really into film and they like all became friends and, and he sort of helped them kind of mentored them into like making this film and he was like yeah I'll help out blah 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 and the maker of the documentary is the writer of the movie and then like one day and like it's kind of very clearly set up early on like is this guy a creep? are you a creep? he seems creepy <laughs> he seems a little creepy hanging yeah, out with it, three it high, school, like high school girls um, and then like one day during like he, uh, you know past the movie's done filming and he says he's editing it and he like goes away and then suddenly he just drops on the face of the earth and he's got like all of the film like they're like they have lost all of the things that they filmed mm. um, and it's sort of it's basically the journey of like what happens after that and like so it's kind of a it's it's a kind of a personal documentary because it's her making it but it's a fascinating journey of like wow what is it, it's it gives you that feeling of like what is happening here so what is I, happening what is a serious story situation? yeah and like what what was up what was the deal with this guy and it doesn't always give you like satisfying answers but it I really liked it and I'd recommend it to anyone I'll, I'll have to check that out that does sound fun I think it's on Netflix I think it is the only other shit that I like really did a lot of watching of was I watched an obscene amount of HGTV at this point I've watched all seasons that I could find of that stupid rock the block competition <laughs> which is kind of cool in concept where it's like everyone has an identical essentially empty practically featureless house yeah, yeah. and you get this like big chunk of money and each week you're like okay this week we're doing the living room or right. whatever and it's up to you how much money you spend to really make that pop but and that's an individual competition and then at the end of it there's sort of an overall how does it all look together judging so you could win every challenge but lose the overall thing but it was like that was kind of cool to watch because i was like um as much as they were just trying to find the dumbest ways to inject drama where i'm like who the fuck cares um I liked watching the. I like watching that design stuff. The same deal with like Love It or Listed. I would watch that. See, so I much. I watched a lot of Love It or Listed. I could if you cut out the entire uh, subplots of them looking at new houses. Thank you. I would enjoy it so much more because I don't need to see like a couple look at a house and be like, yeah, I like this. I don't like this. I don't think I would buy this house. Like, I don't care. You, Show me the house you're renovating. Have you ever seen the Michelin Web sketch where it's like uh, making fun of like house? house shows. Yes. Where it was like, it starts with like these two like zero energy people outside a house and it's like, here, now we're with the show where someone looks at a house and decides if they want to buy the house. This is the house. Mitchell, do you want to buy the house? Yes. <laughs> do you like the house? Is it within budget? Yes, it is. And then they like immediately cut to the inside the house. Like now we're at the part of the show where we talk about this guy owns the house. So what is he going to do with the house? And how are you liking the house? Yeah, it's all right. I might put a shelf up here. He's like, all right, we'll come back at us in a few minutes. We'll see if he's able to put up a shelf. And then it comes to the shelf being there. It's like, that's kind of how I feel about those types of shows. But I under, like my version of that is uh, where you guys would, would be like, why do you watch that? I think is uh, I watch a lot of Let's Plays and Twitch streams yeah. lately. And that has been my, uh, I guess I would call it like, your guiltiest binge, but like my sort of like reality. That's like my equivalent to that mm-hmm. of like, when TV, when plot, when plot-based television is too much, and you just need that like fix of like, I, I think well, and I sunk even lower. Yeah, I, I like I went in. So I, I've I've now seen so many episodes of Love It or List It. The ones that I see come around on TV, I'm like, I know this one now. This is upsetting. Yeah, that happened too. Uh, there's been there was a brief period of time where I watched. Uh, I don't know why I did this to myself, but I would just sort of have like four weddings on in the background, and then I'm like, I hate this show. I can't watch it anymore. Um, but I did take, and I'm currently still sort of in the middle of a, and I'm, 
hopefully brief, dip back into just true trash. And I've been watching The Circle on Netflix. Oh, boy. I don't know what that you is. You certainly nailed it. It's garbage. It's true trash. It's true trash. Yep. It's, it's a fake social network that exists only within this apartment building. It's a reality show. Okay. Uh, everyone is basically hermetically sealed into a one-bedroom. There are, like, common spaces, but uh, it's all choreographed so that if you were to go and use the gym, it's going to be at a time where literally no one else yeah. is even so in no, the hallway. No one's allowed to see each other physically. Right. Except you can communicate through the circle, which okay. they, make, they make everyone act like this is, you know, like, Alexa, text, blah, blah. It's not. It is, there's just a TV, and then, like, elsewhere, a producer is just transcribing what they're saying, so when they're like, circle, message, blah, 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 to Tanya or whatever, it's just a producer's... <laughs> so it's and it's all this shit like they'll like play a game and then they have to like rank each other and everything is a provocation for them to start fighting um so yeah they get ranked and then uh the top two people of the ranked group those are the influencers and they go into additional rooms to be at different computers talking to each other about who they should eliminate. This sounds like, again, this sounds like a bat, like some... It's, it's garbage. 60-year-old is like, what do young people want to watch? <laughs> and it, guess what? They they are watching Twitch. They're yeah, watching yeah. YouTube drama. They're not watching reality TV, like produced reality TV anymore. That's true. I mean, this just seems like... I could never. I could never watch this, you know? Like, if I ever started watching something like this, it would be a clear sign for help. I will yeah. say, it. I... I, I held out for a while, and then someone was like, I understand why you think it's garbage, and it's not not garbage, but it's more watchable than you think it is. And that's true. Well, I have no doubt that it's watchable. That's not like, <laughs> that's not my question here. Can I watch it? Your yes, I could. Your eyes will out of your skull. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> your eyes will convert the images on the screen into signals it, it is more entertaining than I was expecting. I was not I was, because there's also a, there's one of the big uh, one of the simple elements of it is. Uh, obviously part of the deal that if you can't see anyone physically, there are some catfish mixed in. So you, the viewer, know who it is. So, like, part of the fun is seeing them try to, like, keep that up. And some people are hilariously terrible at it. Um, like, one guy was pretending to be his girlfriend, and he's, like, in, like, a group chat with other female contestants. And she starts, in character as his girlfriend, starts showing them pictures of her boyfriend being like, isn't he so hot? Oh, no, she presents him as, like, a guy she has a crush on or something. He's like, isn't he so hot? And they're like, he's clearly gay. What are you talking about? And <laughs> you just you see him just like, what? It was amazing. Like, those moments I enjoy. I, I turned into a trash monster during the pandemic is basically what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any closing thoughts? <sighs> My closing thoughts are I really, truly hope that we are almost on the other side of this at this point. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the next time we record, we'll be doing this without masks. We won't have to worry about breathing on each other anymore. Mm -hmm. At some point soon, we'll be able to see things in movie theaters again. We'll be able to see. Well, we're going to fucking have to find a way to see Green Knight somehow. I was going to say, we, I would definitely, you know, honestly, I think like starting in June, I will be okay seeing things in a movie theater yeah. again. Do you, I bet, I bet that the Coolidge would have it. I mean, theater, it's not a it question of, like, no, it's not a question of who's going to have it. Um, yeah. It's just a question of, like, No, I just mean you... in terms of, like, that would be, like, a smaller... Well, I don't know what better, um, probably a bigger yeah, one. Yeah, I would think a bigger that. theater would be better, if anything. And, but, um, like, a more modern building with better air filters. With, with actual <laughs> ventilation. Yeah. <in>. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it fucking it's just, sucks like... that the arc light left us. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's not like there aren't other options, you know? True. Um, we don't have an... That's just the one in L.A., right? No, there was an Arclight that moved into Seaport. Yeah, remember the theater in Seaport? We saw Shazam. That was an Arclight? Yeah. No, we saw oh, it at no. a different one that's right next to the Arclight, but the Ar- there is an Arclight in the Seaport now. It, like, just well, opened. It is, but it's not there anymore. Right. right. And then the pandemic hit, and they're but like, the okay, one that we yeah. were talking the one that we've just gone the one to. That, the one that we've gone to before is in that, like, entertainment super complex. Is that still there? No. No. Okay, yeah, I didn't think so. That's also gone. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Any more reason you had to live in the seaport uh, is further removed yeah. because the two movie theaters have closed and Trader Joe's is still your only option. Yeah, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Any hoodle. Buy it okay. out. That's what you're going to yeah. do. Yeah, we're going to buy it out. See you in two weeks. Two weeks. Will we love trouble? Bye! Bye.